0: green future growers thanks for joining us today if you're new to the show i hope you'll subscribe on itunes or your favorite android app and let's get growing (laughs) what's the best gardening advice you've ever received or best farming advice you've ever received always keep very very meticulous records um you may think you're going to remember how long it took something to germinate, or how quickly something flowered and fruited, or how much you harvested, and you'll say, "Yeah, I remember this. This is totally something that I'm going to remember in you know four to six months." Um, and that's never the case. Um, you're not going to remember what day it was. You're not going to remember how much. A lot of
1: things are going to fall by the way wayside. You'll forget a thing or two. And keeping really meticulous records is a is a good way um, to plan for the next season. Uh, like I was
0: talking about earlier, um, it all comes down to good planning. Um, it's really, really help, It's really, really helpful to keep track of what works and what doesn't. Um, like I could not tell you, especially once it gets like super busy in the middle of the season. I couldn't tell you what I was doing on July fifteenth of last season if I didn't have a notebook to look back to. That's from my interview number two hundred twenty-two with Gabe Siciliano, another star millennial who says his notes are crucial. Don't you want to get a journal? Hey, listeners. Do you have a place to keep track of everything that's going right in your garden and everything that's not quite going the way you thought it was going to, and the things that you don't want to forget next February and March, because I guarantee you, you're going to think, I am never going to forget this. I have done this 20 times this year and I'm going to make sure I do it right next year. And next March, you're going to be like, oh yeah, what was that again? By the time you're done harvesting everything and your season is over, there's nothing more important you can do than be taking notes now which seeds worked the best which areas do you want to change where do you want to put your irrigation where do you need to get row cover like all those little notes that are going through your mind like even if you just write in your journal once a week just go sit in your garden and be like Oh yeah, this or that, or you could keep it with you. But anyway, my point is, Hey, do you want to help the green organic gardener podcast? Cause I made a beautiful journal. It's got a butterfly on a lilac that I took a picture of. So you could have a piece of your garden, our garden in your garden, a place to keep your notes. It's got, uh, I think 135, um, pages that are either blank or lined. Cause those are my favorite kind of journals. Cause I like to have the lines to write and, the blank pages and so you can support the show, but most of all, you can have good records. My guests have said frequently that's their favorite tool, most valuable tool, good records. Um, so and it would support the show. Hey everyone, have I told you about the Forager project? They're a hundred percent organic plant-based food company based in California, dedicated to making a world a better place than they found it. Don't you love that? They make yogurts, kefirs, all these cool things out of organic cashews. Do you know that cashews are actually a seed on an apple? Yeah, I found the coolest um, video on cashews. Anyway, so they turn these cashews into sour cream, cottage cheese, milk, yogurts. Um, They're really delicious. They sent me samples, actually, in a FedEx box with ice. It was so cool. Um, They're absolutely delicious. Forager Project is passionate about creating healthy, organic, plant-based food and equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They believe that voting is the most essential ingredient needed to do this. Forager wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote. And that means you participate in our democracy. They provide voting resources and information for you at foragerproject.com forward slash vote or on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, etc., at Forager Project. Cultivate Democracy. Vote. And then that being said, I have three interviews booked this morning right in a row. Boom, boom, boom. I need to change my calendar so that it doesn't do that. Like at least there's a 15 minute. Gives me some, a little room because we're going to have to get off right when it's over. So I am going to be quiet and I am going to let you share all amazing golden seeds. You are the, you are getting the listener of the year award for 2020, I've oh just taken everything that my guests have shared and put it to use and just are taking notes and just done so much. Um, and I just, I loved you so much because you are a green future grower. You're a nurse, right? Out there yes, changing I the world you. on the front lines.
1: Yes, I am a nurse, an RN.
0: I just passed
1: my NCLEX in May.
0: But I had been an LPN for probably like 13, 14 years, so it's good. Hey, thank Thank you so much for all the hard work you're out there doing. So, do you have any questions for me? You have a copy of the questions we're doing today, right? Yes, I do. I like
1: it. How's that? (laughs) Let's go. What'd you say? Sorry. Prompt. Prompt me. Ask me questions. uh, Keep me going because
0: I'm a little nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. You are going to be amazing. Okay. And so I have two computers because I don't have the questions on the new computer, but I managed to get them up during the last interview. (laughs) Uh, It's just always like my poor husband. I was like, I I go to Best Buy on Thursday, and I'm looking at the MacBooks and I'm like, oh, I want one of those so bad. I've been trying to hold out for prime day and they have one on sale and I didn't buy it. And I came back and I go to do two interviews yesterday morning and my computer is like, Nope, you're out of space. This isn't going to work. Zoom is not going to save this file. So I had to cancel that, go back to Best Buy and I get there and the guy's like, well, we don't have any in stock. We'll have to order it. And I'm like, What? I'm like, cause not only that Best Buy is 65 miles, it's like a three hour, you know, an, almost 90 minutes to get there and 90 oh. minutes back and I'm like what I'm like are you kidding me and he's like well we might get a truck in tonight and I'm like when does the truck come what time you know and he's like well technically it's here but we don't I'm, I'm like you go get out there on that truck and go get me that macbook <laughs> and so he did and then I get home and I and I I got it all ready and I got the zoom downloaded last night and I got most of the things that at least And then I go this morning and I go to plug the microphone in and there's no USB port. I'm like, why are they selling a computer without a USB port? Apple. And so, and then it's like 20, it's like a $20 attachment I can buy from Amazon. I found out already, but why didn't they tell me that at the store yesterday? Like, do they not think I need a USB port? (laughs) Whatever. It's all good. So I decided what I'm going to do. Cause the thing with Prime Day was it would have been a used MacBook, like a read Uh. one. So I'm gonna get a new I got a brand new MacBook, but I'm gonna get a refurbished phone because my phone is also like I can't even download emails. It finally got to like every app I open, like it has to download it from the server. Half the time it won't even open them anyway. Like I'm just out of space. Like I've just used up every ounce of space on my technology. I have like twelve thousand photos and videos on my phone. Oh, and anyway.
1: Good. You are great. Um I could just say that I I have the guts now to take this lawn away (laughs) and grow vegetables, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. Um, you introduced us to that Patty Armister, I think her name is. Yes. Uh, Patty Armbrister. Yes, she is awesome. I've watched her YouTube videos, I've gone on to links from her. You came to the composting webinar. Oh, my God. The composting
0: webinar was awesome. Awesome. She is a wealth of information and always so generous with her ability to share and just learn and then share what she learns and dig deep and do all the hard science that I don't really want to read about. Yes, I know. She is siren.
1: She's definitely science. She's awesome. She's an awesome pioneer. You know what I mean? She's great she's great and she goes out there
0: and she learns and like i'll never forget the first conversation she's like yeah i went to school for ai and i'm like what's ai and she's like artificial insemination of cows i'm like (laughs) (laughs) and it's so funny because like if i hadn't taught in browning with all these um native americans who are so into bull riding i really would have thought she i would have been like what in the world but then i've like gotten indoctrinated in the professional bull riding whatever like I can't believe how many people travel around the world to watch people ride on the back of a bull but
1: I know it's crazy but she's
0: actually she's like into the cows for like you know beef cows that we eat and all that kind of thing anyway Elaine, let me introduce you and we'll uh we'll go from there okay okay here we go Welcome to the Green Organic Garden Podcast. It is Saturday, September 19, 2020, and I have the most amazing listener on the line. She's getting the 2020 Listener of the Year Award because she has been listening to all my great guests. She's been putting what they're teaching into practice in her garden, and she is here to share her amazing garden journey today. She's a nurse, a frontline worker. So welcome to the show, Aileen Catrone. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're gonna shoot me. Are you? I want to say in Minnesota. Where are you located again? Or was no or like, no. Right? no East Coast, New Jersey. New <laughs> Jersey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, on the East Coast. Yes. Um, it's nice here today. I must say. Um,
0: We're in New Jersey.
1: In it's Lakewood, New Jersey, Bricktown, down the shore. They call it down the shore, the Jersey Shore. Sure. I'm a little, I'm a little west of there, you know, Point Pleasant Beach, Seaside Heights. Um, I'm probably like 10 minutes from there.
0: I worked in New Brunswick.
1: Oh, yeah, that's north of
0: us. So that's still north of you. Okay.
1: That's north. That's about an hour, hour, yeah, about an hour from me. Yeah, okay. on the park. Yeah, in 18. So you used to live here? Used to live or and work here in New Jersey?
0: Well, when I first so I grew up on Long Island and then when I first went to college, my first boyfriend was from Dover. Dover up I and so I lived in Dover, I think, and drove to um New Brunswick. And then I got a job in Parsippany. So I oh, lived okay. in New Jersey for a year. A oh wow year before I moved to Montana. Okay. It's it's nice. Jersey's nice. Like I gotta say
1: it is a green state. Like it's really pretty. You know, to me it's pretty. Other people just look at it as factories and stuff like that. They think of like uh Sea Caucus, Newark, uh, but it is beautiful like down the parkway. The, the the driving here is just so magnificent. I mean the greenery and then when the seasons change, you know, the leaves changing, it's just gorgeous. I wouldn't you- live anywhere else. Is that where you grew up? Yeah, I was born and raised here in New Jersey, yes, but I had lived in like Texas, I lived in Florida, Um, but New Jersey is definitely where I planted my roots and stayed here, you know, so it's really nice.
0: Well, why don't you tell us about your very first gardening experience? Like, were you a kid? Like, who were you with? What did you grow
1: oh my first garden experience was in um, my first house with my husband which we've been married over 27 years um, we had a pool in the backyard that we bought this house that you know came with the pool but instead of the pool we wanted a a garden like a, a backyard so we filled in the pool which a lot of people don't ever do that right they fix the pools up but we filled it in and then my husband started throwing out the kitchen scraps uh, melon seeds, melon peels, all that just threw it right right in the garden, made a little patch, threw it out there, and things grew. Melons grew. <laughs> we were so excited. So that was my first That's experience. Awesome. Yes. With and then I'm like, okay, so you don't really need all these I mean you if you treat the, the the soil good like don't add a lot of stuff. There was no tilling none of that. I mean I grew um green beans that to, were purple, but when you cook them, they turn green. Oh, it was beautiful. What a great experience. So that's, that's about it. I, as far as my first gardening experience, it was wonderful.
0: Huh? So you didn't garden at all, like with your parents or grandparents or nobody? Never. You? you just got the garden bug. Well, that's wait. Garden bug. <laughs> Was it your husband? Like, did he grow with his kid? Like, was he the one that no. was going to do? Or no. you guys were just like, we're going to grow good food for our family and our kids and us? We're going to
1: try our best to do what we can do just for ourselves. Just a little, you know, a little, little garden in the backyard. That's it. And that's when I got the bug. And ever since then, I've been doing little, little patch. Like I have a keyhole garden, you know, since we moved to another home, we have a keyhole garden. He bought where you the compost is in the center. So you throw all your kitchen scraps in the center and it, um, all the nutrients leach out into the soil around. It's like a, a four by four square. Um, so that was another thing. I grew tomatoes, uh, squash, green beans. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I just threw seeds in. it said direct. So kale, Swiss chard, I just threw seeds in. So, and it grew. So I'm so thankful, you know, sometimes things don't work out but
0: you keep trying. That's it. So how did you learn how to grow organically then? Is that like, just, just cause you guys were doing it or? No. Well, yeah, we never really did any um, pesticides
1: or like, you know, to, to keep like, I never did miracle grow or anything. It was just a natural thing. Like you shouldn't really put things there that aren't supposed to be there. Um, I guess people have, you know, all these companies, these miracle Grow and stuff like that, Um, they want to produce more of a a less dense, they want more flowers, they want beautifulness, but, you know, that's not what I'm really into. I really want to eat my food that I grow um, without anything that's going to harm the environment especially. So Philly Flower Show, I have gone to the Philly Flower Show. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they have one every year. And going there, uh, checking out uh, kiosks and stuff of people, you know how they're growing things, books, seeds. I mean, just just uh, educating myself. That's all I did, you know. What I mean, all this time, and I said, oh my god, one day I just want a backyard full of beds, and grow like big time. So that's that's it. that's my goal. I mean, twenty 2020- twenty. So how big is your backyard? Um, the backyard, it's, well, this is, okay. Now I'm in a new house. So that was the old house. That was my first experience back in 1996. Now for fast forward to 2020, I have a yard. That's all lawn. It's another house. And now I want to put all beds in here. I want to have to do raised beds because there's rabbits, gophers, um, I mean, mega, uh, what are those uh, little um, chipmunks all over? So I have to do some raised beds and do some serious planning. And your um, links and your resources have helped me to um, write everything down in my journal, which thank you very much that you sent me, um, to get these beds ready for next year. So that's my goal. And I still have that keyhole garden that came with me. You know, we've still, you know, been using and, you know, growing just a little bit for us, like chaos with shards, stuff like that.
0: Why don't but, um, you tell listeners a little more about a keyhole garden? Because Mike's talked what? to me about, he wants to do that. And he thinks my mom would love it, um, but we haven't done it. So I kind of know a little bit about it, but listeners probably like, is it, is it in a snail shape? Like no, keyhole there? garden
1: is just like a four by four raised bed box that I have um, and the composting little um, maybe two by two, two feet by two feet in the center of it, uh, which that's where you put all your kitchen scraps, all your compost, everything in there. And you just it, it just automatically just leaches out into all of the soil around it for the nutrients of the bed. So that when you're growing your vegetables, you don't have to add anything. You know what I mean? Everything is there, but it's composting naturally.
0: I love that. And just being able to just throw it right smack in the middle um, just sounds so easy. But like, so then is is it like a a box inside of a box? Like, Correct. Correct. Like a little just... box. Yes.
1: It's a, a raised bed garden that's like four by four. And then in the center of it is like a two by two um, little, and it has, it looks almost like a open fence. It's, you know, it's got slats so that it does. Oh.
0: Look, yes. Yes. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, and Did believe you it or not. Send me a picture of it now or posted a picture in the Facebook group. Now that you're saying this, it all sounds very familiar.
1: Yes. Cause you're asking me, how do I get to the other side of it? Because I, uh, the unfortunate thing, like, so I'm still learning. So I put it up against the house that the sunroom. But I can't get to that area that, um, I gotta say, I gotta, I gotta stretch really far <laughs> into it. And I was, um, you know, joking around saying, oh, no, my yoga is, is really helping me to do that. So that's when I uh, told you about it.
0: That's true, though. It is good yoga um, and stretching <laughs> when you're working in the garden.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. it's definitely
0: true. <laughs> Tell us but about something I, that grew well this year.
1: Uh Collard greens. I mean now I just posted something on Facebook to share my story. I can't even believe the collard greens and the Swiss chard and the kale that I've been growing like all season. I mean, it it got a little um, You know, when it got really hot in August. It got you know it, it whittled down a little bit, but now it's starting to come back again. The, the The leaves are just bursting. I mean, they're as big as from my my hand to my elbow. The leaves, they are beautiful. I mean, they got you know a little bit of bites here and there, but so what? You know, that's that's part of life. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's still good food. You know, so that's oh, yeah. that's I must I say that's that's so the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that. Oh, and I do. I do. Going to that grocery store. Oh, my goodness. And the prices ever since this. Right. Oh, since this thing. And you know what? When we when this covid thing hit um, in the beginning, you know, uh, of us all knowing about it, going to the grocery store was so scary because everything was scarce. I mean, I could not believe like you couldn't find cilantro anymore. You like because my husband cooks. We don't go out to eat. My husband cooks all the time, so he didn't have anything that you know, you know, like these he's used to. So he accommodated himself, you know. But thank God we had kale and stuff like that to just you know have a little something better for us, you know, from our garden. That like he can, he makes stews. He puts sausage in it. He puts beans. Oh God, it's just delicious, delicious. <laughs> so.
0: And you put that in with the collard greens and the collard greens oh, and the kale oh, stuff yes. all together. Oh, yeah. He makes oh, such yeah. a nice, like, soup. Oh,
1: it's so delicious. And, like, he uses, like, chicken sausage, so he'll take off the skin. Um, you know, it comes with a, a skin on it sausage, right? But he takes out the meat from the middle, browns that up, and throws it in the soup. Oh, my God. It's so good with the collard greens. Oh, squash. He'll cut up some squash, throw it in there. Oh, it's just delicious. He, he's a really good cook. <laughs> Yum. Do you have kids? I have a 25 year old. We have a 25 year old
0: boy. Well, what's something you're excited to do different next year? Or something you're excited to try? What am I excited about? Is this your lawn? Like turning your lawn? Yes. Turning turning your front
1: lawn into more garden beds? It's, it's actually the, uh, the side of the house, um, so it's, it is a lawn. I had to ask, you know, get, you know, ask my husband, I was like, please, I want to I wanna garden so bad. Look how we did so well with just this little, you know, keyhole. You can really, really do better. So he's like, all right, we're going to, so now we're getting the whole side yard fenced in, you know, within the next couple of weeks. And then I'm going to put in those garden beds that I had mentioned. So I, that's why I'm excited. I mean, it's I'm I'm in like suburbia. I'm in a very manicured um, little uh, community. Um, you know, it's like 63 homes here, and everybody's got these beautiful lawns. I mean, landscape nicely, like a picture, pretty picture, you know. But I like more uh, country pumpkin stuff. So, <laughs> so he wants to, we're going to put a fence, and he's going to allow me to take over the side. Um, yard which is all lawn you know it's got a lot of trees so I have a lot of pine trees here too so that's the idea of sun? yes yes it does get a lot of sun it does which is very nice so the, the lawn is facing south east southeast uh, so south east west like in that area so the, the house is on the north side of the lawn which is nice where I'm going to be growing perfect Yes, it is perfect. From everything I've been reading and all your resources, <laughs> I have the perfect area for this, which is wonderful.
0: Hey, so I haven't released this episode yet, but I did this interview with this woman Erica Nolan that I found on Instagram and she has a link on her website for these deep bed. Hey. She talks about these corners. For building the deep bed, so I want to make sure I get you that link because she said okay. that was like one of the easiest projects she ever did when she first started out. Um, it just made and and then you can even like replace the boards if the boards like rot after a while if you don't use treated boards or she talks about using treated boards. But um, those are something I'm gonna look into because it because my challenge is always building um,
1: new beds. Not
0: a good builder at all.
1: Yeah, and you, you use you're gonna see the the um the now that keyhole garden that I said is made out of PVC. Okay, I had bought it from Costco a long time ago. Um it is and it's lasted a long time. Now I, I know that to make a, you know a nice rustic garden with um untreated woods and all that, but since we're doing a fence, we're gonna reuse the old PVC fence that's on the north side of the house. And my husband's gonna make the raised garden beds from that. So I'm hoping it works out. That's the plan. Mm. Uh, but if not, then I will go into um, the woods, you know, that definitely for a raised garden bed. And I could probably use these deep bed corners that you're talking about if I get to that point, if I get to that situation. Because I think she's doing it with wood, you said, right? Yeah. So you're gonna yeah. build your beds out of PVC pipe? No, PVC, you know, the vinyl, uh, fencing.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. So we're, since we're refurbishing, we're, we're putting a a taller fence on the north side of the house, but it's only four feet right now. We're raising it to six feet. So all of the four feet that I have on the north side of the house, we're going to put to the south side of the house and that, and whatever's left over, he's, my husband's going to make the, um, beds, you know, he's pretty handy. Uh, for the, uh, the raised garden beds out of PVC, if it all works out, you know what I mean? I'm hoping, but if not, uh, there will definitely be wood. This, the galvanized steel, I was reading and listening, you have to be careful uh, for a raised bed out of galvanized steel because they supposedly hold in the heat in the, in the summer. like they hold in the heat too much as sometimes it cooks your plants. So I don't know if that's really true. I'm not sure people have experience with that, but that's why I wouldn't use the galvanized steel.
0: Huh, so interesting. I'm still trying to figure out, like, the fencing is going to hold the dirt in?
1: Yeah, the PVC, because it's, it's a solid fence. It's a privacy fence, which... Oh, okay. Uh, there's no, okay. Yeah, there's no flats in it. There's Most lots in it now if there's a way that i can create my own um keyhole composting situation within each bed i would like to do that too so if you get like a little thing of a fencing or something and put it in the center of the beds to then put all your uh, kitchen scraps in there like also the whole thing of a keyhole garden because i gotta tell you that keyhole garden is really really um interesting, fast, quick. You don't have to um, make another area for your composting. It depends on the size of your yard too and what kind of space you have. So that's the idea, you know. So we'll see. <laughs> to be continued.
0: <laughs> I love all this. So tell us about something that maybe didn't work the way you thought it was going to or didn't work so well this summer
1: um i was oh asparagus my son had given me asparagus but then i read on it, it takes like two years for it to like do anything so right now it, i was the critters here they're like coming to eat everything so that's the other thing so i just i just threw the asparagus down figuring like it'll just grow so as i'm reading up on i mean i was like no it takes two years to grow and you gotta like <laughs> kind of nurture it in an area where you're not going to be Um, utilizing so much because it needs to be still you know so I actually I don't know I might have some asparagus like the leaves the fawns growing in an area that I had fenced in behind a shed so let's see I I don't know that's probably the only and tomatoes didn't do that well for me this year too tomatoes you know I tomatoes last year they were great this year not so good
0: I have learned so much about tomatoes this spring because, or this season, like uh, Melissa Norris told me to grow those San Marzano Roma tomatoes and I grew them and Mike like, and and I've been watering, you know, I go down and water my garden for like 90 minutes every night and like just move the sprinkle around to each bed and I've apparently, and Mike kept telling me, he's like, you're not giving me enough for, he bought, we bought um like these giant pallets of dirt and this potting soil and it's just so rich and black that I kept oh. thinking it was moist without putting my finger in it and i guess it was dried out. So then the tomatoes i was so excited because they were looking so good and then as they're turning red they were all getting that um uh, what's it called the the root rot on the bottom. And so uh, that, and what was the problem? Well, it's from not consistently watering. So I was like, oh my gosh, all my peace tomatoes are, and you could tell because they were so dry. Like they had no moisture in them at all, but then watering them helped. I was amazed. I thought I was just going to lose the whole crop. And I, it's so weird because they don't really, they barely, you barely see the root rot until, right when it's starting to turn red or right before they turn red they get this and all the things said get them off of there like i don't even understand how it works like is it a disease like it's contagious because they're like get any damaged fruit off of there but then the more i watered it then the ones were turning red were good so i got a whole bunch then we got our freeze last week and i thought oh the plants are dead i don't need to water anymore but I do. And I guess even though all the leaves died on the plants, like the stems are still growing. So then the root rot came back because they didn't water for like three days. And then I started, so it was amazing to me how much I could water them right in the moment. And they still, um, like, I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, this whole crop. Like I've spent all this summer watering and it wasn't enough water. And they're all going to get this root rot. But as soon as I started like really watering, because he has them in those... Giant black plastic or not plastic cloth bags. Oh they're yeah. Plants. And so they're huge. They're giant plants. These and they're too heavy to move. They're just huge, but they they really go through a lot of water. So I learned a ton about tomatoes this year, and I'm amazed they're still out there turning ripe each day. So That's, I yeah. thought they were all going to like after that freeze, they were just going to turn to mush, and we were just had lost all the crops and that did not happen. So tomatoes are, are, are tricky. Yeah. Figs
1: are tricky too. Figs. figs? I have a fig tree. Mm-hmm. I have a fig bush out here and somebody told me it was a Turkey, a Turkey Brown, a Turkey Brown fig or something like that. And the first year I, I lived here in 2015, we moved here. It was wonderful. It produced so many figs. And then, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't know how to take care of it or anything. So then it died, like, it went to, like, dying. I cut it all back, all the way down to, like, the root, you know, just above the the soil grade. And now, you know, it's starting to come out little by little, but I'm only getting a little bit of fruit. So that's another thing, um, figs,
0: you know, how to deal with figs, you know.
1: So that's
0: tough. My mom grows a fig tree, and I want to say Lisa Ziegler has like I just have this picture of her going around on her lawnmower picking figs off her tree so I'll look oh, into that for you and see if we can find anything out to help you because fresh figs are just like most people probably don't even know what a fresh fig looks like. To me I uh, want to say it's almost like a a green pear like a smaller green pear in some way. Oh
1: so oh my god like, delicious um, like a
0: real fig nothing like the dried ones right
1: right it's plummy it's um grapey it's it is so good because my husband makes um he'll do a dough for pizza and then he throws on figs with prosciutto and arugula and a little bit of onion olive oil puts it in the oven oh Oh, I, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to eat. Oh, pizza with figs on it. And I like cheese too, but cheese doesn't like me. But, um, you know, put a little bit of goat cheese on there. Oh my goodness. Heaven. heaven, heaven,
0: heaven. Oh my gosh. There's a pizza place around here that marinates their figs in balsamic vinegar and puts them on pizza and puts them on their salads. That's so good. Like normally Ooh. I would like do, but after tasting that, I was like, oh. I was like craving oh. it for while. I'm like, I'm going to buy figs and some Because <laughs> they're kind of trendy. It's, like, a, it's like one of those that's, restaurants I can't afford to go to very often.
1: <laughs> See, that's the one thing um, about this gardening. My husband will use everything in the garden if I grow it. You know what I mean? So I'm so excited that he let me take this lawn away and I get to put a garden in here. Like I'm, 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 my goal is six beds, you know, I'm hoping to get six beds in this little area. So
0: let's see, let's see what happens. (laughs) I want to know, how do you work as a nurse full time and do all this work? You're going to keep, take care of six beds next summer?
1: Yes. Well, I work four days a week, so I'm not in the hospital. I've always been in the doctor's office. We're the ones that will send the patient to the hospital. If it, you know what I mean? If we feel like that, you know, or we'll call an ambulance if they come in. Because a lot of people don't like to go to the hospital, you know, right away. Yeah. So working in the doctor's office, we ha- I'm in pediatrics and internal medicine, which is, you know, adults. Um, and I've always been in pediatrics. So, you know, we have asthmatics, stuff like, you know, so they they come to the office. Then if we need to call, the ambulance will call or we will call the ER and the parents or the the person who's, you know, in need at that time will go right to the hospital, you know, so I'm not in a hospital working. But aren't you tired at the end of the day? And four I mean, like four tens. no, I, I, I do, right, like I do, I do like, like nine hours, nine hours before, you know, you know, four, you know, four times a week, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. And I have Saturdays and Sundays off. I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. I have good providers that I worked for, work for. Um, I, I, I am so blessed. That's all I can say. And um, I'm not really tired because the gardening um, really decreases my stress level. You know what I mean? It really relaxes and makes me focus and forget about everything that happened during the day. You know, I look out the window. I'm like, oh, it's just, I just want to get out there. You know, so it's really a good relaxing stress reliever, which you need, you know what I mean? You need to unplug and just go do something else that you really love to do.
0: No, I mean golden seeds, golden seeds. Well,
1: many in the. I'm I'm so honored and blessed to have met you. I mean, there's a reason for things. There's a reason for seasons. There's a reason for people that you meet in your life, and it is truly a blessing. And I thank you. I thank you.
0: Well, I thank you. And my show, I mean, like I always say, it's a success because of my guests, but it's also a success because of you amazing listeners out there who are putting all these things into practice and and doing this. And it it just makes me feel good to know that in this crazy world that you guys are out there listening. So, yes. Before we get to the root of things, we're going to thank our sponsors and affiliate links. Hey, everyone. Have I told you about today's sponsor? Forger Project. They are like this awesome company in California. They're a family owned, 100% organic, plant based food company dedicated to making the world a better place than they found it. They craft dairy free yogurt, kefirs, milk, sour cream, cream cheese. They've got kale chips, oats, cereals, um, just awesome things. Their main ingredient that makes the creamiest base for all their projects is organic cashews. Did you know that cashew is actually a seed that comes on an apple, the cashew apple? You can eat the apple and the seed. It's pretty cool. It grows on the outside. Um, Forager Project is passionate about creating healthy, organic, plate-based food, but they're equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They believe that voting is the most essential ingredient needed to do this. Forager wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote and participate in our democracy. They provided voting resources and information for you at foragerproject.com forward slash vote. They're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, etc. at Forager Project. Cultivate democracy. Vote. Aileen, this is where we actually are getting to the root of things. So like, what's your least favorite activity? Is there something you got to force yourself to go out there and do? It's hard to imagine with all your enthusiasm. <laughs> Uh, I would say weeding. <laughs> I think that's everybody's weeding. <laughs> weeding,
1: weeding, weeding, weeding. <laughs> that's it. But as I'm finding out, you know, you have to mulch. And then that's, that's what I
0: said. Day. Are you mulching?
1: Yeah, mulching. Mulching is really, really important. Um, and the kind of mulch you, need, you use is really important. So I'm blessed with some pine trees here. So when we were cutting back I've been like actually taking the leaves off of the you know the pine needles off of the sta- off of the the branches and putting them around my 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 trees for beds to put You're mulch
0: You if that's going to make your stink like your soil too acidic I don't know. Mike won't even let me use the bark from the wood chips because he's afraid that's going to make the soil. Like, I want to make wood chip pathways. I'm like, we have all this firewood. We have all this bark. Like, let's use this for the pathways. And he's afraid that because it's piney, it's going to make it too acidic.
1: I see. I don't see. I don't know enough about it. This is all new to me. But there was another um, resource link or something that I I, uh, listened to and stuff. And it's... You can really feel where the pine needles drop. When you walk on it, it feels so um, fluffy. Does that make sense? Like it's so nice to stand. Yeah,
0: I mean, I walk out like, you know, right outside our garden, there's forest and it's true. I walk through that all the time. That's what I think. Yeah, it's
1: loamy and there's things, you know, and it's a natural deterrent too for like pests. So, I mean, I'm not putting it all over the place. I'm literally just putting it in certain areas. Instead of going to buy mulch, I'm seeing if this is going to work. This is my first time doing it, like I said. So, I'm a newbie, I'm a little organic newbie. So, I'm really trying little things, you know, and writing it down in the journal, which I'm blessed to have too. Thank you again. Um, and just, you know, make um, take notes. You know, it's, it's been already two, three weeks that I put these pine needles down by the trees. Um, I have a magnolia and a fig, like I was saying. So I'm just trying it to see if it, it helps any, you know what I mean? Let's see. Let's see what happens.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? I put grass clippings down for mulch this year that I would never have done before. And I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, am I just putting grass clippings that are going to turn into like grass and more weeds in the long run? But they dried out right away and they've been, is like the easiest mulch and, (laughs) um, you know, it just retains the water and just, I can tell my plants are so much happier, so who knows, maybe it will work great.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's try, I'm trying it, <laughs> you know, that's it, try it, see what happens, write it down, the, and you know, you've know, you, know, you, you got to keep a journal, you've got to keep yeah. notes, so is that's it. so important, because <laughs> you will forget, <laughs> you will forget what you did two weeks ago, you know what I mean, unless you write it down,
0: so. <laughs> So on the flip side, what's your favorite activity to do in the garden? Oh, my God. Take pictures of everything growing.
1: Just take pictures. Even if it's not growing nicely, take pictures of the bugs that are on the leaves. I'm just taking pictures, you know, of the garden, of the landscape. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's a, And just watching it, you know, it's really, really nice. Taking pictures and watching things grow and then picking and then harvesting, taking, you know, Getting your hands in there and pulling the leaves and the crunch and that crack of the leaf coming off the stem when you, oh, it's just, that's all just amazing to me. It's just wonderful.
0: So what's the best gardening advice you've ever received?
1: Oh, composting kitchen scraps, ditch the lawn. Um, Oh, and water. Water is so important um, because we have city water, so if you want to do anything really organically, city water is probably not the best thing because it's chlorinated. So I that was the other thing I, I learned from Patty um, and you. Uh, it was about the water. You have to, like, if you if you have to use city water, put it in a barrel, you know, put it in a container and then let it sit or add a vitamin C tab to it or something. Um, I'm just letting it sit for a couple of days. So all the chlorinated chlorine like dissipates so that's that's one of the things that you know and i'm gonna do rain barrels that's the other thing i'm gonna do rain barrels to catch the rain water and then that's how i will water the law lo- you know the garden next year
0: you are just full of golden seeds i remember <laughs> patty saying that uh yeah. what's your favorite tool if you have to move again what could you not live without
1: um I I I'm scissors, pruner, um my hands. My hands are so my really my favorite. <laughs> just going in there and grabbing things, you know, doing it with my hands, touching it, smelling I mean just the smell from the earth and what you're doing. up, you know, that's that's about it. <laughs> my hands, I guess. Scissors, pruners.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite recipe you like to cook or eat from the garden?
1: Oh the figs, tomatoes, um like I said, the pizza that my husband makes uh tomatoes, oh, he makes pesto too oh, when we I grew arugula he just he makes arugula pesto, oh my goodness, and he throws walnuts he' he he minces up you know the arugula. There's a little bit of fresh garlic and walnut, crushed walnuts in there too to make a nice green pesto. It's delicious. A little olive oil, salt, pepper, you're done. And that's it. A little bit of macaroni. <laughs>
0: mm. How about a favorite internet resource? Where do you find yourself surfing on the web? Oh my goodness. The Green Organic Gardener podcast. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: But, um, that's the, you know, podcasts, they are awesome. Cause
0: you can listen and, and work, you know what I mean? As you go. <laughs> so it's nice. Uh, I feel like that's been like a game changer for me. Cause like, usually like, I'd be like 20 minutes in the garden. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I can't listen to my own thoughts for another second. Like get me something to listen to. And like, then, yeah, when I can go down there with a podcast, I think that makes, that's like, you know, doubled or tripled my time in the garden. Yes. Um, I go help Mike in the mini farm, especially. Uh, yes. What What other podcast? Got some other good podcasts to recommend? I just found one, um, The Gardenery with Nicole Burke, or I think it's called Grow Yourself, that I've really been loving. And then Jesse's No-Till Market Farmer. Market okay. Market. The, the one I wanted, I think I told you about um, that
1: foodscaping book, Charlie Nardozzi. I I think it's Charlie Nardozzi. He has a a podcast. He lives in Vermont, so he's on the East Coast, which is nice. Um, I I don't remember the name of the podcast, but it's Charlie Nardozzi, N-A-R-D-O-Z-Z-I. He has a book, probably a couple of books, but this one is called The Foodscaping, Practical and Innovative Ways to Create an Edible Landscape so if you have a manicured um, landscape you know when you're in suburbia you're in a little community that loves lawns in between all of your landscaping you can throw in some kales you know direct so and and grow your vegetables within the environment of the um, landscape which i think was awesome that's what another thing that that turned me on to uh foodscaping Did
0: I lose you. I think I lost you. I think I forgot to unmute my mic. I was saying <laughs> I love that. I don't. I I don't remember that book, but I I Google. I was Googling it, and that's how I lost my Zoom thing. Um, I'm gonna have to look into that he has a podcast. Um, I just don't remember the name of it. Charlie Nardozzi. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? So was that your recommended book? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Especially if you're in suburbia. (laughs) You
1: you need that. If you want to just even have a hint of um, some vegetables growing in your landscape, you know, um, your tight-knit little landscapes, then try it. I think you should try it, you know. I have lavender growing out here. um, So... That's a nice thing too. There's some lavenders in my landscape that I use for a perfumey thing, you know, like a little little um, sachet that I can use. So it's it's really important to incorporate that kind of things into your landscape too.
0: Is this it? Food schmooze? The food schmooze? No. No, no. that was Faith Middleton. I don't know. Okay. No. Charlie Nardozzi. It's
1: the or I think she in she He's in Vermont. He's I, and I think he might be on a, um, a a local radio station
0: too in Vermont
1: that he podcasts
0: from. Oh, gardening with Charlie. There it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, and since I'm on the
1: East Coast, that helps because um, I get all his. You know, I can understand how he relates to the weather here. You know, especially being so close to the to the uh, the Atlantic.
0: Yeah. Awesome. You are just full of great resources and information. Well, we're already at the final question. And I know know how this goes, Amy. If there's one change you'd like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity organization you're passionate about or a project you'd like to see put into action? Like, What do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Water and soil conservation.
1: Huge, huge. Um, We really need to get rid of all of these products that are bad for the environment. I mean, really for, I mean, the landscapes, we really need to get back to that old school mentality of farming organically, eating organically, because people are getting sicker and sicker. And I see it on the front lines. I mean, we have children that are obese, um, high blood pressure, and they're eating McDonald. I mean, just, it's just, we have to, and we have to get, you know, remember when home economics was in school, I mean, that would be awesome. Home economics, again, in school, they wanted to take that out. I don't even know if it exists anymore. You know, teaching children what to eat. They didn't even know where their ketchup comes from. You know, the base is tomatoes. I mean, really, this is something that we really need to get back.
0: Well, hopefully we're getting there. I mean, there's definitely a big farm to school movement and a farm to, you know, farm to teach. Garden movement, but... Yeah, it's, I mean, just, um, I to me, the big one with the obesity thing is also the recess that they've taken out. Like, and to me, what really made me see it was in the school I was in last year, the kids had a normal recess schedule. They went out before school started. It was only like five or 10 minutes before school started, but then they had a, you know, a 15 minute recess at 10 o'clock. They had a half hour recess at lunch. They had another 15 minute recess at 2 p.m., And that's where I feel like a lot of it um, comes from. And then, you know, it's really nice. We have a lot of schools that get the, you know, nutritional snack in the afternoon where they get fruit or vegetables. And I'm telling you, the kids love that. They eat it. You rarely have a, you know, you're going to have one or two kids maybe that are like, I don't eat pineapple or I don't eat celery or I don't eat this. But the other kids end up scarfing it up. Like, You know, when people say kids don't eat vegetables, I just think that's not true. Yes it's not true because you have to introduce it you have to you have to um,
1: buy it you, you have to purchase it I mean the kids are not going to have potato chips and soda in the house unless the parent buys it So you really it's the parents educating them and the children and with school the children have to learn it you know because they are in school the majority of you know the day so it would be good to really I mean the science classes that it should be more health classes. So I, I, that's what I'm really hoping for, you know, that kind of uh, you know, a better, a better environment for everyone and better living for everyone.
0: Well, listeners, I'm going to tell you that you can connect with Aileen in the Organic Gardener podcast, Facebook group, because she's there and she hopefully will <laughs> share some more of your pictures. I know I am not the best person at posting in there and I have really been off of, facebook and instagram and just all of social media the last month hey you're very busy (laughs) and just also just like with all the negativity i just i've kind of and then plus like working yeah working on the computer my eyes are just spent so i'm sorry that i haven't been there as much mike kind of keeps an eye on it if you post questions he's usually pretty good about making sure that i see them and and coming up with the answers so if you want to connect with aileen and you want to connect with us um, that's a great place to find us and just um, thank you so much for sharing with us on a Saturday morning for all you're doing on the front lines yeah. and for being the listener of the year who's taken what we've been teaching and putting it into practice and growing and um, just good luck I so can't wait to see your pictures of your side lawn or your Yes. Uh, your new beds yes. that you're going to get with the fencing and you guys, oh. just you and your husband together. I i hope yep. I, we get to meet in New Jersey or New York or somewhere oh. someday. Yes, I will. I will we'll keep in touch. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you. Okay. I'm shutting the recording off. Good. Um, I do always. Okay. There was one more thing I wanted to share. Um, I think it's when I'm talking to. Eileen Catron. Can you believe I said her name wrong all those times? She sent me an envelope. It's Eileen, not Eileen. I think I call her Eileen like three times. Eileen Catron. She's getting the golden listener award for 2020, but when I'm talking to her, I think I talk about tomatoes and I call it root rot, but it's actually blossom end rot, and it was like so weird because the tomatoes look perfectly good green and then right when they turned red, they got this big brown spot on the end, Um, but it was easy to cure. All I really had to do was water them a ton, and I am amazed that our tomatoes that are on the vines right now are still turning red. Now, Mike said in other years this normally wouldn't happen. We just have not had the cold it's been hot and dry in montana so i'm still watering them they're still turning red by the dozens we have tons of tomatoes this year which is awesome um and then yeah it's blossom end rot and it's from me not watering enough i can't believe it i almost i definitely lost more piece tomatoes than i harvested but i am harvesting and then mike's tomatoes are doing really good The big problem was those pots. Mike put them in um, the big cloth pots, which was really cool, but I feel like they dried out faster. Plus, we used that fancy soil that we bought that was darker, so it always looked moist. So um, that's my tomato tip. Uh, Make sure you water enough. Um, I would go more for deep beds than these pots. They were so heavy, you couldn't lift them and bring them inside anyway, Um, and just they kept drying out on me, and so that ended ended up giving me the blossom end rot- cool thing about it was the more i watered them um it seemed to go away hey everyone have i told you about the forager project they're a hundred percent organic plant-based food company based in california dedicated to making a world a better place than they found it don't you love that they make yogurts kefirs all these cool things out of organic cashews do you know that cashews are actually a seed on an apple Hey, everyone. Have I told you about today's sponsor, Forager Project? They are like this awesome company in California. They're a family-owned, 100% organic, plant-based food company dedicated to making the world a better place than they found it. They craft dairy-free yogurt, kefirs, milk, sour cream, cream cheese. They've got kale chips, oats, cereals, Um, Just awesome things. Their main ingredient that makes the creamiest base for all their projects is organic cashews. Did you know that cashew is actually a seed that comes on an apple? The cashew apple. You can eat the apple and the seed. It's pretty cool. It grows on the outside. Um, Forager Project is passionate about creating healthy organic plate-based food, but they're equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They believe that voting is the most essential ingredient needed to do this. Forger wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote and participate in our democracy. They provided voting resources and information for you at foragerproject.com forward slash vote. They're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, etc. At Forger Project. Cultivate democracy. Vote. Get your copy of the Organic Oasis Guidebook available today from Amazon. It's got 12 lessons designed to help you create your own Organic Oasis. Um, it starts with healthy soil. It talks about building an earth friendly landscape. It helps you understand the difference between annuals and perennials and how to bring in beneficial insects. It talks about fruit trees and just um, all the lessons that I've learned on my podcast mixed with what Mike and I have done here. Okay. What Mike has done here at Mike's Green Garden and just. Um, I hope that it will help you on your garden journey, uh, to create, like I said, your own organic oasis, um, where you can have healthy food and enjoy, um, you know, a very special place. And most of all, it's good for mother earth. Do you know someone who would benefit from the organic gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it. If you'd share the organic gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember grow local.